you for uh, tuning in for this week's uh, episode of the Inner Circle podcast. Uh, this week I have with me a guest from Silence, uh, Chad Skipper. Uh, Chad, can you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your role? Absolutely. Uh, thanks, Tony, for, for having me. Um, yeah, I uh, work at Silence. I'm the, the VP of Product Testing and Competitive Intelligence. Uh, within Silence, where you know we um, uh, take a look at how the adversary is going about um, trying to compromise um, security systems, <clears throat> and we take a look at that across uh, the entire industry, and we do uh, product testing, and that's internal product testing on um, uh, looking at the efficacy and and the uh, um, the challenges that we see within the market around the adversary. Okay. Um, so one of the things, you know, what I wanted to talk about today was uh, anti-malware testing. Um, you are one of the co-authors of an ebook uh, titled Next Generation Anti-Malware Testing for Dummies, uh, which uh, for the podcast listeners, I will share a link uh, to that uh, in, the, in the content of the post. Um, uh, but I, I found it interesting because, yeah, I mean, I've, I've followed Silence since day one, um, and one of the issues that uh, Silence and, and uh, other companies, uh, like one that I know of for sure is, is Webroot, um, mm -hmm. have faced is that the anti-malware testing platforms and, and organizations uh, expect and rely on uh, you having some sort of signature-based reactionary model. Uh, they're not equipped to assess innovative solutions that you know, maybe and often are uh, superior uh, methods, um, and you know the the whole premise premise of that legacy approach to anti malware assumes that uh, there has to first be a patient zero or some sort of sacrificial lamb. There has to be an attack uh, before there can be a signature developed to have a defense against it, and that just seems. Uh, I, I guess to me, it seems like a flawed uh, premise by default, um, and I've said that for years. Because um, never mind that it's an unsustainable uh, approach to expect that an anti-malware solution uh, will be able to maintain and scan against a database of malware signatures that grows exponentially with each passing week. Um, so, so for all of those reasons, I find you know this this uh, this ebook and this topic. Uh, you know, fascinating. So I, I just want to, I guess, start with your thoughts there. Yeah, thanks, Tony. Yeah, so let's back up a bit and, and get to and talk about the progress and, and how we got here a bit. So I agree. Um, you know, several, let's say, let's say several, um, back in 2014, 2015, um, I was at Dell and we were seeing the same things. And, and when I was in Dell, we were looking for a partner uh, to to help us combat the ransomware um, that was that was plaguing our customers at the time, and as we began to look at that strategy, um, I looked at the analysts' uh, reports and the testings out there, and you know the generic testing that was going on was you're correct it was it was around the signature based technology it was about testing the known, and what we were looking for was what about we we were wanting to think beyond just the known, right? What about the unknown? Uh, the ability to prevent malware from executing in the first place. 
And the philosophy that we put in place at, at Dell during that testing is no more sacrificial lambs, like you, like you said. Um, and so we had to start thinking out the box in the way that we tested. Um, you know, the testing that was going on at that time, and some of it still today, was, again, go get a known repository of malware, throw it against these uh, anti-malware solutions, and determine if they are indeed detecting the known malware. It is, you know, triaging known malware. It is detecting. Um, it's not looking for things of the future. So we had to think outside the box in our testing inside, inside of Dell. And so as we began to do that and working with the many vendors, we, we got some pushback. On, you know, you don't, you don't create your own malware. You don't pack the malware. Um, you don't test in offline fashion and all these different types of things that we got pushback on. But it was about the business case. And so what we try to instill is... What business problem are you trying to solve? And so the, the, the third-party testing industry is giving some insights into um, uh, the efficacy of them. Okay? But the business problem that we're trying to solve out there is how to prevent attacks from uh, executing in the first place. And so how do you go about testing unknown? And so this book about uh, three different ways in which you can easily set up in your environment um, to help test your security products and and their ability to detect unknown malware. Because at the end of the day, that's that's what we need to do. We need to be predictive. We need to be able to prevent. And, you know, as an analogy says, skate, skate to where the hockey puck's going to be. So skate to where the adversary is going to be. So that's, that's the point behind enabling everyone to be able to test for themselves. And this book is, is a small... Uh, book that that discusses three, four um, testing methodologies that they can deploy. Yeah, it, I mean, and it, it is a uh, you know it's a you know one of the for dummies ebooks which you know if, if for podcast listeners if you're not familiar I mean they they you know are are, are quick reads and and generally uh, provide uh, valuable information that's uh, easy to digest. Um, you know, uh, uh, way back when I wrote. Uh, one of the larger actual for dummies books, and, and I always appreciated the for dummies approach. Um, so I mean, I think it's I think it's a good a good way to you know give people information. Um, one of the things you, 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 that you mentioned in the book is, and, and that you just talked about, is that organizations should test uh, anti malware products themselves uh, rather than relying on. Uh, you know, solely on information from the vendor or customer testimonials or product reviews or the various industry testing reports. Um, and you also spell out in the book uh, how to set up an anti-malware testing environment, which I think is great. Um, and I agree with the whole concept, but the question I have for you and the question that came up to me when I was reading through the ebook is, how feasible is it to think that most organizations have the tools and skills to do this effectively? That's a great question. Um, you know, I, I try to set it up in a way that at least they can get some insights into how the technology works. So the first question is that I would ask the, the business leader is what problem are you trying to solve? And then you can specifically test for that problem. It's not necessarily about efficacy as well. It, it could be about performance. It could be about the footprint on the endpoint. Um, so in, in most cases, other technologies being tested. I mean, 
firewalls are being tested, intrusion prevention systems are being tested. So in this case, it's as simple as do you have a laptop and do you have VM? Do you have uh, some type of emulation software? Because that's the best thing to use, that emulation software. Um, you can get a 30-day free trial. Um, go and get that software, install it, put Windows 7, Windows 10 fully patched, put your incumbent on there, and then there is a repository of malware, take it offline, do these types of things. So um, it, truly, when I was at Dell, um, it was three laptops um, in some cases in the testing. Yeah, we, we, we went intense in some areas, but it, you know, for the core of it, um, you can get it done fairly quickly within you know, a couple of days, days time of setup and, and, and work to get some of these things set up. And then naturally testing for unknown um, around the offline out of date, it's just, it's just a time thing, right? Wait two weeks before you go back and test the unknown theory or the predictive advantage theory. Does that make sense, Tony? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it does. Um, and, and, you know, like I said, I, I definitely recommend people read the ebook, but, you know, part of the reason I wanted to ask that question, uh, you know, for the podcast listeners uh, is just um, to, to give you the chance to kind of set that up a little bit, because I think that a lot of, a lot of people uh, off the top of their head would just kind of think, okay, that's, that's too advanced for me. I'm not a, a you know, I'm not a security researcher, um, you know, so I, I don't have an anti-malware environment. Um, so, so I, I, you know, I, I, like I said, I, I like that you have the chapter in the book that, that walks through how to do that and, and makes it seem like something that, you know, a, a mere mortal can do. Um, where I think things get really cool in the book, and, and you know, and maybe it's, you know, it's just my uh, kind of geek, geeking out from a security perspective, because that's my background, uh, but where I think things get cool is uh, chapter four. Uh, when you start actually diving into your anti-malware testing methodologies, you know you mentioned you know there's there's three or four addressed in there. There's uh, random mutation, the online offline testing, uh, etc. Um, the one that I found particularly in particularly interesting though is um, uh, the holiday test or the zero day simulation. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about that one. Yeah, that's the favorite one as well. Um, and, and this is the core one in, in the book because we believe this is what gives the end user to test the product's ability to detect future unknown malware or be able to predict um, the execution of future unknown malware. The, the basis behind you know, artificial intelligence and machine learning is, is to be able to uh, look at the past and look at deep machine type information of good and bad from our perspective. And so we have all this information so that we can predict uh, the future relative to, I see something new, I will be able to determine if it's, if it's bad or it's good. And so the way that we, we started looking at this problem was, was how do we test future with the past? So the, the, the way that we went around doing this, and it's been done in the past as well to some extent, is you, you have your anti-malware solution, call it semantic, call it silence, call it whoever it might be, right? So you have the solution, and it's installed on the endpoint. Take it offline, turn it off, don't, don't, don't power it up, right? Leave it offline for two weeks. Um, and that puts it in a past state, two weeks, three weeks, whatever it might be, but that puts it in past state. So when you leave that, that, that device offline and turned off, 
two weeks later, you might have a new zoo of malware, right? You can get new malware from um, many different uh, organizations out there, including Test My AV. So you can get this new malware um, on two weeks out. So once you have that, you can mutate it, you can do whatever you want with it, but it's, it's new malware that the system that you put offline two weeks ago has never seen before. And so that's a good way to test um, never seen before malware. So you bring up that you bring up the system that you you took down two weeks ago, but don't allow it to connect online because um, there are when it connects online, it's going to have the latest information. So don't allow it to connect online. Don't allow it to do any signature updates, and introduce that new malware onto that system and see how the endpoint is able to discern that net new piece of malware and be able to determine if it's going to prevent it or, or not prevent it. And that then tells you um, if this system can truly detect unknown malware um, without needing help from the mothership, without needing help from uh, some human behind uh, a glass that is creating the signatures, those types of things. So you're, you're, you're not, you're, you're, you're testing the, Killing the uh, not killing the sacrificial lamb, right? Okay. No, I mean that that, that makes sense. Um, with that, though, it seems to me that one issue um, would be, and, and actually, you just did cover this to, to an extent because, but with the whole like leaving it offline for two weeks um, and and then kind of testing it from that perspective, but. Um, one issue, it seems to me, would be trying to predict or stay a, a step ahead of attackers. Like, in order for you to test your 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 AI or your, or your machine learning uh, and and its ability to identify new threats, you need to be able to introduce unknown exploits or indicators of compromise for it to detect, which is a challenge if you're not a malware developer. So, but but like I said, I think uh, you know. So I'll, I'll give you a chance to talk about that, but I think that you you actually addressed that a lot in, in your explanation of the zero-day testing because by taking it offline for two weeks, you're kind of simulating that. Correct. So I'll give you an example. Um, and and uh, you can test this with silence today if you have our tenant because you have access to past models. Um, WannaCry, we all know about it, right? Mm -hmm. um, our models were able, that were developed in uh, November of tw uh, 2015, um, developed in 2016. Those models were developed at that time, right? So they're older models. Those models were able to detect and prevent WannaCry, as an example, right? right? Same thing with NotPetya, same thing with Petya, same thing with Kerber, uh, Cerber. Th same thing with these other uh, other pieces of, uh, of ransomware and, 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 and malware. So it's proven out there and you can prove it with the technology if you have silence go install an older agent on another machine and put uh, get one cry as an example and introduce it and you will see that um we we as far as silence goes and why we look at this test one of the tests that we do is able to 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 predict and stop that malware from executing based on the ai and ml that was developed and trained um, all the way up to you know 24 months ago. Right. Well, and and, and it, it, that that is interesting to me because uh, it, you know it reminds me of a conversation that I had with uh, uh, Stuart McClure, um, who founded Silence, 
um, for for the for I, I know you know that's for the podcast listeners. <laughs> but I had a conversation with him many years ago before Silence um, about uh, basically like what security software did he use, and yeah. the answer the answer was basically you know none. And and the reason I had asked him is because that was also true of me, and I was kind of like poking around and saying. You know, it's odd to me, like, you know, there's so much, you know, every, all companies and individuals, you know, you've got your firewalls, your anti-malware, you've got all these tools in place. And, um, you know, and, and actually my, my mother-in-law stood out in my mind at the time in particular because I think she had two or three different anti-malware things running and yet always seemed to be getting infected. Whereas I wasn't running anything other than what was installed by default in, in, in Windows and wasn't getting infected. And... You know what? What the conclusion I kind of came to after talking with Stuart was, it came down to, you know, we're security professionals, and so we are just better equipped to, you know, know what to click, what not to click, and and how to avoid these kind of threats, and and so then the 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 the, the challenge or the goal then was, okay, well, how do you create an anti malware, basically an artificial intelligence. That can simulate a cybersecurity professional, and and that ability to basically identify and avoid a threat without actually knowing that it's a threat, and and, and which I think is kind of what silence is. That's a, that, 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 you know, I, I don't want to take credit for uh, starting that conversation, but uh, <laughs> it it seems like that's what Stuart went out and created. Uh, so. Yes, Stuart and and Ryan Perma um, have been in the industry a, a very long time, um, and you know many approaches that they they took to this before you know before um, many theories and before the AI and this thing came came to be because of their experience at Foundstone and their experience at, at McAfee and those types of things. But it it comes down to security now as a data problem. It's a data problem. You mentioned earlier about the mass of malware and it, you know exploits, and it seems as if there's uh, limitless possibilities here. To be honest with you, on ways in which you can obfuscate exploits and malware and those types of things, so it then becomes a data problem. And you know, Stuart and Ryan took that as how do you solve data problems? You solve data problems with artificial intelligence and machine learning. Um, and, and that's the approach that they took um, because they also knew humans just can't keep up. You just can't keep up with the massive amount of malware and exploits and vulnerabilities and all of that multiplying on a daily basis um, through through human, right? And now with the compute power that we have um, you know, in the cloud, We've, you know, we've got the math, um, but also the data, right? We have, we have a, you know, an extreme amount of data that we can learn from. And so that's the approach that they took. And when I tested it, when I was at Dell, in my, in my you know, 20-year-plus career at that time, I've never seen anything like this before. And I loved the technology and was so intrigued by the technology that uh, I left Dell and, and came on to silence. All right. Well, um, I think we'll wrap it up there. I, I do appreciate you uh, taking the time to join me uh, for the podcast. And uh, um, uh, will you be at RSA? I will. Um, there, I, I um, 
I'm happy and accepted a an invite from Anoop Gosh, who is the chief product officer at um, Sophos. Um, he and uh, created a submitted for a panel at uh, RSA, and we're going to be discussing, you know, testing artificial intelligence and machine learning. And on that panel is representatives from NSS Labs and as well as from Citigroup. So yeah, it, uh, we'll be at RSA. That panel's on uh, on Friday, uh, the twentieth. All right, very cool. Um, so I will be there too. So uh, perhaps we will run into each other. Uh, I'll, I'll take a look at that panel and see if that uh, see if that works on my calendar. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, again, thank you, thank you for taking the time to join the podcast, and uh, look forward to uh, you know RSA in a couple weeks. Appreciate it, Tony. Thank you. Right. Take care. Take care. So I would like to give a quick shout out to Silence. Uh, Silence is one of the original sponsors of Techspective, and I really appreciate their support. I also think that you would really appreciate what they do. Uh, Silence is revolutionizing cybersecurity with products and services that uh, proactively prevent, uh, rather than just reactively detecting, the execution of advanced persistent threats and malware. Um, if you are not familiar with Silence, I highly suggest you learn more. Uh, if you go on the TechSpective website at the upper right uh, under Sponsors, you can click on the Silence logo and it will take you to the site. Or you can visit the site directly. It's at cylance.com. Go check it out and learn more about Silence. Thank you for listening. I hope that you uh, got some entertainment or education or, or some value out of the, the time you invested listening to the podcast. I would really appreciate it if you would give me that feedback and let me know what you like and what you don't like, either in the comments, uh, on the on the blog post on Techspective, or uh, review the uh, podcast in iTunes. Um, but regardless, uh, again, I just really appreciate you taking the time to listen to this podcast. Thank you.